Matt Stepp, you are coming to us from the great white north uh, once again there in Canada. Um, I'm interested, what's the what's the weather like where you are? No, sir, what? I'm staring right what? at you. It, um, it's hot, it, it's hot AF here. Tep and Step, your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. I am the Tep Greg Tepper. And I'm your international traveler, the Step, Whoa, Matt Step. on crystal clear microphone mm-hmm. because here you are. I'm, sitting, I'm looking at your, your, your very handsome face. We're gazing into each we other's are, eyes. very lovingly. Uh, first time in a while. Yeah, hey, keep uh, your hands above the belt. I'm I'm trying. Okay, all uh, right, y- all right. you know I can't control myself. I know, I know. No, I'm back in Texas. I flew back in yesterday from uh, Toronto, and I'm gonna be here for about six weeks, uh, hanging out, maybe maybe catching some seven on seven. So you're here through state seven on seven? Yes. Okay. Yeah, through here, here through uh, I know through that. R- really, what Adam brought Adam flew me in to kind of put the closer on. You know, I'm the closer for the magazine. He flew me. Yeah. In for that. So, yeah so if you're interested, today's May 16th. We're recording this. Um, we have uh, it goes to press next Friday, Friday mm-hmm. the 27th, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. So we are in full scramble mode. Um, in more ways than one, it'll get done. It'll get done. It's always like, it's like I, this every year. I had, if you are interested, every year I have one moment where I um, I panic. Mm-hmm. I have one panicky night where I go, I don't know if this thing's going to get done. And that was last Monday night. Last Monday night, I sat up in bed at like, I'd gotten done working at about 1.30. And I laid down in bed. I started thinking about all the other things that had to be done. I started thinking about the fact that we had less than three weeks. And I'm like, I don't know if it's going to get done. But then I came into work. I got a, like, basically I got like 48 hours of work done. I'm like, okay, I feel better. Yeah. It's, just, it's like that every year. It's, it's and, and I don't mind pulling back the curtain for our premium listeners here, for our premium subscribers. We shot the cover later than usual this year and so that was hanging over me too Added to the nerves yeah yeah it's like yeah. that's yeah. Th- normally it's like that's one of the things that you can be like oh it's done like check it's over for for circumstances that were a little beyond our control we had to shoot it later this year and so as a result it was um it was kind of hanging over me but now those are done yeah. and so it's like okay we can finally reveal that we're putting oklahoma coach brent venables on the cover <laughs> It's the magazines because, like, for me, my hard work is done like really the be- beginning of May, especially with all the coaches. Thank you for turning in your questionnaire. Yes. So. Oh. But yeah. like in March and April, I'm like drowning, right? And and you're 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 not slacking off. You're working, but your busy time is now May. Like May yeah. is when it really cranks up for you. So it's our 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 the different work that we do in the magazines. It's mm-hmm. like for me, April, March, April, I'm slammed. May, I'm like. Can I help with anything? And yeah, well, it's same with Craven. Craven, our college football writer, because yeah. he's he wrote. I mean, he probably wrote seventy five thousand words for the magazine. That's not an exaggeration. He probably yeah. wrote seventy five thousand words for the magazine, uh, but it all got done like he finished the main feature about Brent Venables, and he um, and it was like okay, 
um, I'm done. It's like May 5th, and I don't, now he's just helping to read pages and stuff. So um, it is. It's staggered and, and that, but we will get the magazine done. It will be 400 pages, um, and we want you desperately to have it. So we do thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider. This because is your, you're an insider, you're going to get it before everyone yes, else. You will. Before it hits the stores, you will get it before the stores. This is your May edition, May offseason edition of Tep and Step, um, and I'll be honest. Normally... This is this, this is, is the one we dread. This is the brutal episode because there's just not a, the coaching changes usually slow down. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pre seven on seven pre pre yeah. seven on seven. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's a little you know we've got a couple SQTs, but it's like what's there to say about you just say who qualified? Yeah, and they move qualified on. Yeah. Um, we're kind we'll of in a weird spot. Yeah, but we do have one pretty big coaching change. <laughs> Thanks to our friend Chad Morris. Thanks, Coach Morris. For giving appreciate us, you for giving us some some content. So we'll talk about Chad Morris. Uh, we'll talk. We'll kind of put a bow on coaching change season, which is more or less rounding, a uh, rounding yeah, out. Twenty twenty five jobs still open, mm-hmm. and there will be at least three or four filled tonight. Monday night school board meeting night. Mm-hmm. Uh, there will be some jobs filled tonight. So yeah, about twenty twenty. But those will slowly start to ebb ebb out then we're gonna we're gonna break down a conversation that step had on on twitter and we're gonna talk to you about why seven on seven is not perfect but we like it anyway Mm -hmm. we'll talk about that and then we'll round it all out with what step missed most about texas Mm. in canada i like it i like it but we will start as we always do matthew with your texas high school football fun fact of the week and i you saw me as excited as i was to look this one yes you were i'm really afraid because i I feel like you're just going to you're you're gonna Phoenix. You're gonna Dallas Mavericks. Phoenix Suns me here. And, sorry, ish. I've, I've been a, uh, I've been a, I've, I've been trying because okay, uh, pickle pickle. Uh, I'm I'm on a text thread with pickle and her boyfriend because her boyfriend's a Mavericks fan and and pickle is not and so it's it's nice to to break her balls. Um, but she uh her her boyfriend asked me like have you have you heard from Ish, and I told I told him I said, dude, I'm staying away from it because I've been on the other end of that. And yeah. it sucks. Yeah. And so I, I he's a big son. Like Ish is he's a, a big I think it's Suns it's fan. between that and mm-hmm. Arsenal and the Titans. Those yeah, are his those three are his big time. teams. Yeah, those are his teams. And and it'd be like you at the Rangers crap. Yeah, you know, the Ran- you know. Exactly. It's like I'm not like I've been or kicked me and the Orioles, yeah. You know, which when, <laughs> that's never happened. When you get when you get kicked in when you get kicked in the nuts by sports, it's like you the last thing you want is somebody who like ostensibly cares about you coming to you and rubbing it in. So like I've very much I haven't said one word. Yeah. But I am excited about this Texas High School fun fact of the week. Uh, Matt Stepp which new UIL district 11 man district had has the fewest 2021 playoff teams in it. Which new UIL district has the fewest 2021 teams that made the playoffs in 2021 uh, in inside of it. This is a good one. I thought about this. I thought about this last yeah. night because I was I was I was working on the private school pages. Okay, I, I got like, I got it. I'm gonna guess. I'm just gonna go with the numbers here. Kay. I'm gonna go with one of the four team districts. I'm gonna go 16 4 a Division two. That is an excellent guess. I think it's a four team district down in the valley. 16 4 a Division two. Uh, let's see if that's right. That is not right because actually three of the four made it. Damn it. Port Isabel, Bishop, and LaGrulia all made it. Raymondville is the only team to miss it. Uh, You want one more guess? I'll give you a hint. All right. It's a 5A district. Ooh, a 
Five A district. Wow. Um. Uh-huh. Are there any six-team districts in a 5A? I'll give you another hint. It is a nine-team wow. 5A district. That's, an, that's crazy because it's a nine-team district. Um, is it the is it is it 9-4A Division One, the Houston ISD Galveston Ball District? Uh, let's see. You're, you're 9-5A Division One. No. 9-5A Division Gal Ball, uh, Houston Madison, and Houston Sterling made it. Dang it. No, Matt Stepp. The answer... Is four five A Division One. Midlothian made the playoffs, and that's it. All oh, the clean, yeah, Lake Belton, drop downs. Red Oak, Shoemaker, Ellison, Killeen, Cleburne, Granbury, and Waco all missed the playoffs last year. That's really that's a that, you would not think a nine team district right. would have. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking the four or five team district. That's. That's really good. Yeah, it's it was it was pretty shocking, uh, and especially because in, in within that same within that same region, you've got District Three. District Three had six playoff teams in it: Ryan mm-hmm. Alita, Burleson Centennial, uh, Justin Northwest, Azel, and Brewer. Two five two five A Division One has all but one. All but Monterey made it mm-hmm. in the playoffs, and then same thing in the El Paso district with Del Valle, Parkland, Clint Horizon, Isleta, and Bel Air all made the playoffs. And yet you've got this one district. Yeah, now, part one. of it is Lake Belton would have been a playoff team last year if they were playing in the UIL. But mm-hmm. still, it's the only district with only one playoff team from that's last a, year. That's, hats off to you, so sir. So there you that go. That is a very good. Your, 20, your, your, your uh, Texas High School Ball Fun Fact of the Week, District 4-5A Division One, the only UIL district with that only one team made the playoffs in 2021. Okay. So we are now... Deep into the offseason. We are in the dregs of the offseason because we are pre-seven-on-seven, but we are post-spring ball, and we are post-coaching change season. You would think. You would think. Except last Friday, Matthew, we had big breaking news that you broke exclusively on Twitter minutes before a press release came out. (laughs) Yes. What's up? (laughs) What's up, people? and so, and so the the headline is that Chad Morris is out at Allen after one season. Can you take me through a little bit of the process of when you started hearing about this, how this started coming about, and and from your understanding, what happened uh, in this situation? Yeah, so, so I started hearing um, about about the rumblings of Morris leaving Allen. Probably right around the first of May was I think the first call I gotten about it, and first of May. Okay, so this yeah, is, so it'd been a couple, for a couple weeks. weeks. Yeah, it was a couple because I tweeted about it. I tweeted about it on May fifth, mm-hmm. but I'd started to get rumbling. It may have been late April when I I think it may have been more after the after the Dallas officials draft. One coach I think messaged me afterwards and was like, Chad Morris had the look of a of a dead man walking that he was not. Mm. really into it so you know you start you know one one message or one text you get about it and you're like oh, okay i'll keep my eye on it but when like three four start coming in and all of them are saying the same thing I'm like okay this this has got some legs so started hearing more about it and then uh obviously uh I'll, i mean i got a call from a coach on wednesday that said hey alan just called me about the job so clearly this was and so wednesday 
two days before mm-hmm. it was announced that Alan's Alan, I, I've been told Alan ISD last week was already making phone calls to coaches, knowing this was happening. Like they, they this has already been that it had already been communicated. They, they like everyone was pretty much other than the kids and the coaches. I mean, all the upper administration and Alan ISD, my understanding, knew this was going down either Thursday, fr- Friday morning, and then. Uh, I was told it would happen after the spring game, more than likely the next day. And then Friday, I got a tech uh, at se- – I was in Canada at, at this time. So we're talking, you know, 6.45 mm-hmm. Eastern time. I got a text saying, hey, coach is meeting at 7 o'clock. Mm. It's going down. It's going down. And then I was like, okay. And so I just text and said, okay. And then I had another coach drive by there. And he on his way to work, I said, yeah, it's happening. They're having a meeting. You know, there's a bunch of cars already here. And then, you know, basically, I just hadn't by, by that point, I just, I just needed to confirm that he had told the kids. Mm-hmm. And once I confirmed that he told the kids, that's when, that's when I went public with it. So, you know, it, Coach, we knew – I mean, I, I think I'm, I stated it on a message board. I knew this was not a long-term solution for Allen. This was Allen ISD administration trying to land a big fish quickly – because they had a little egg on their face after, after the very, you know, divorce with Terry Gamble and the previous athletic administration, they wanted to land a big name. And Chad Morris, they shot their shot for a couple of other big names, didn't land them. Chad Morris was available. They, they landed him. And obviously he was a big name. But we knew he was going to probably go back to the college game. Mm-hmm. And then you add in the fact that, I, and I mentioned this in my article, you know, the, the buyout clause where Arkansas, you know, is on the hook for a lot of that money, but they there's some provisions in there where he has to try to land a college job. And so, you know, there's reports that he turned down the Georgia Tech offensive coordinator job, and that really upset the Arkansas folks to the point where they, there was some legal action threatened if Coach Morris didn't hightail it. Because basically their, their, their argument is Coach Morris can't really pursue a college job while being the head coach at Allen because right. he's busy. Yeah. doing the Allen job and it makes sense so um there there's that so there's a lot going on and I just don't think I, don't, I think the high school game has changed yeah and I, I think Chad Morris got used to not dealing with parents and, and certainly not dealing with and I'm not saying this about parents but certainly not dealing with the beast that is Allen yeah that, because Allen not only does Allen have parents yeah. guess what they've got a lot of them yes because they have a lot of everything so everything in Allen is just magnified because there's just so many more people and we talked about this we talked about this when Terry Gamble left and when they hired Chad Morris of like this is a job that is unlike any other high school job in America uh, just because of the sheer size and the money that's going through the program and the expectations that come along with it. Yeah, and and it's you a know, lot. you know, we have the the story up. You wrote a great piece on TexasFootball.com about it, about Thank like you. why it didn't work. The only thing I'd push back on is, did it work? Like, they made a regional final, <laughs> and <laughs> and it's it's funny. It's like, it's but I think that speaks to because I I think that you're right. I think within Allen, it didn't work mm-hmm. because they are a state championship or bust type program. Um, and then, of course, there was losing the home, the home winning streak. There was losing the, the regular district. season, the district yeah. regular uh, winning streak, et cetera. I don't know. It's, it's, but I think the fact that we are talking about was an 11-3 regional final season a success tells you kind of everything you need to know mm-hmm. about what's what out what that job is like i think it's it's for me i mean obviously for allen people who expect a state championship it wasn't a success but i think for me looking on it at it from the outside looking in 
it wasn't a success because it lasted just one year. Mm. And so you, now you've got more coaching turnover, and that's going to be do more damage potentially to the program than anything because you have the Terry Gamble staff that most of them, all of them are – by the way, there, there is not a single holdover from the Tom Westerberg, Terry Gamble days on the Allen coaching staff anymore. Complete last, turnover? The last one left. Uh, Coach Sauls went to Sherman uh, with former Allen defensive coordinator uh, Corey Kane. Mm-hmm. But you've got all that coaching turnover. Then Chad Morris comes in, brings in a lot of new staff. Well, now a lot of that staff's already gone. Yeah, didn't you say they had lost like six or seven assistants? Yeah, the guys, the guys that lasted one year. Yeah. you know, so so that's that's where the so the, to me that's where it's not not a success. Where Chad Morris did not have a chance. If, if Chad Morris stays two or three years, at that point he's got a chance to groom his successor. He's got a chance to put some coaches in place, guys to put some roots down. But when those guys knew that Chad Morris was leaving, they all they all got out of there, mm-hmm. you know. And so now you have even more coaching flux. And so that's where I think that it's not a success. Where where he, he only, it only lasted a year. So now but that was the risk that Allen took bringing him in, because we all said it wasn't going to last long. I brought this up on TFT on Friday. If there was another job, if uh, Coppell, if Antonio Wiley only lasts one year at Coppell, please stay, Coach. We love you. Um, I talked to Coach Wiley today, actually. But if if Antonio Wiley only lasts one year at Coppell and then he leaves. They'd be on three coaches in three years. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't you say, what's wrong with Coppell? What's going on yeah, what's the at deal? Coppell? What's the deal? Should we be saying that about Allen? Yeah, because there's a deal there. Yeah. There, there's, there's a lot going on at Allen. Yeah. You know, from the turnover in the athletic administration to the upper administration with what's going on. And then there's always a lot going on at Allen because there's 71, 7,200 kids there. So, yeah, and, and there and, – I'm not breaking any news here. I think they're going to be down next year. Well, it's okay. All right. That's another thing. This might be. We'll we'll pull back the curtain a little bit more. There was times last year during the season, late in the season, maybe when they were making that that playoff run, where we were were sitting here and we were talking about, you know what? You look at what Allen's going to have coming back for 2022. Especially defensively. Especially defensively. Mm -hmm. And they're going to bring back – they're going to bring back quarterback. They're going to bring back, uh, you know, a lot of good running back. Good was, running back, yeah. exactly. And we were looking at them. We're like, they're going to be in the running for, and let's say, extremely high ranking mm-hmm. in the magazine. I will. I'll. I'll spoiler alert you for the magazine. They're not starting number one in the magazine. No. But I'm telling you, and and admittedly, this is this is it was in December. This is prisoner of the moment type yeah. stuff, and we're not take. Maybe we're not. Looking I think it was at after it. they blew out Trinity. Yeah, and we were like, whoa. And we looked at it and we go, maybe Allen's the number one team in 2022. I will tell you they are not. Yeah. And a lot's changed. A lot has changed. Not only with DJ Hicks leaving, the uh, running back that was we thought was coming back uh-huh. moved to California. Mm-hmm. He's gone. Um, the coaching turnover, mm-hmm. and then you add in. I think what might be, I had a coach off the record tell me this that he felt like this Allen offensive line, which law I think their top eight offensive linemen graduated. Top eight, what, yeah. Like <laughs> Sorry, starting yeah. five, and then their th- best, yeah. best three backups are all go- all graduated. So this is like the this is going to be this this is that he he looks at Allen's schedule and he goes, "When's the last time you looked at Allen's schedule and said there's five games they could lose? Wow, on their schedule. I mean, there's there's certainly a couple within their district. You know, they lost one of them last year, and then Geyer's in Geyer, and you got Martin, mm-hmm. you got C. E. King, mm-hmm. you got that uh, St. John Bosco from California. Mm-hmm. Watch out for McKinney this year. Mm-hmm. 
They're going to be really good. Keldrick Luster Keldrick moving Luster into McKinney. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. So, when is Weaver said Allen could go? Now, my prediction, Allen goes 7-3. Okay. You heard it here first, folks. Um, now, on to who's next. You mentioned that you got a call from a coach who said, I just got it. And so this is a sitting head coach. Hmm? Uh, I, I, he said, I got a call from Alan basically say, asking, gauging my interest in the job. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think folks who know us know that we're not going to blow up people's spots and we're not going to name names. Um, at least well, not, not well, if you the, did. Well, not if, not if, <laughs> not if they have been contacted. Yeah, we did You're that. Not, that guy that you, that guy that, that got a call, we're not going to say, oh, that was so-and-so mm. that got a call. But we can talk about people who fit the bill and people who we've heard connected with the job. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're going to do here now. And I mentioned five names on TexasFootball.com. One of them... All very plausible. Yeah. One of them, I think... And and to me, this is me. I think there's a real obvious answer here. I think it is May 16th. Let's not lose sight of the fact that it's May 16th. Mm -hmm. And the coaching changes that we're going to talk about after this that have come down in the last week... 80% 80% of them are internal hires. Yeah. Internal you have a very successful former head coach on your staff right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you just don't just promote uh, defensive coordinator uh, David Branscombe. 37 and 10 as a head coach is nothing to sneeze at. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really good. I think there's some concerns there internally at Allen. Because uh, coach, coach Branscombe is a nice guy, good football coach, but he's not the – I don't think he's a politician by any means, mm-hmm. and I think you have to have a little bit of that, a little bit of that in you to be the head coach at Allen. And I'm not sure he really wants to do that. Mm-hmm. So that's, I guess, the one concern. The, the offensive coordinator, Tristan Weber, who is a well thought of young coach, but he's never called a play at the varsity level. So. That that was interesting. You slid in the, in yeah. the comments there because I was saying Tristan Weber is a is a sleeper here for this job because he's a he kind of an up, an up and yeah. coming guy. But that's interesting. He's never called play. Because I mean, Allen's offensive coordinator last year went to UIW. Yeah, so he, you know, it's it's whole new ball game. So I, that's that's an interesting. You know, I think obviously in, in the article you mentioned Marcus Shavers being an Allen alum, being a head coach right down the road. That that's very plausible. Um, I think Riley Dodge. Mm-hmm. Any any time a big job in the state opens up, Riley Dodge's name is going to be mentioned. This okay. Um, I'll just I'll say this about Riley Dodge, and perhaps I'm blowing up his. I think spot. he's got a better job at Carroll than Allen right now. I that's I think that's true. I think Carroll's a better job right now. I think you're right, yeah. and. I also, I have had it in my brain, and this is just me. He has not told me this or anything like that. I've always had in my brain that, that his next stop is at the college level. I think so, too. I think he's one of those guys that if you're Especially looking— Especially once his kids get a little older. What, what, you see the people who follow that trajectory. He reminds me a little bit of the Sean Bell type. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Of like super success, like very successful at the high school level, parlays that into uh, an assistance job, and who knows? Maybe he wants to be a head coach at the college level one day. But I, I've always gotten that vibe from him. Uh, hey, coach, if you're listening, uh, but I just I don't know. That's that's me. Yeah. And I, I'm not. I'm speaking out of my out of my rear end and only reading tea leaves here. No, I think it's very astute observation mm-hmm. there. I think uh, mentioned some names you did. You know, Jeff Rayburn. I think was a name mm-hmm. we mentioned in the article. Obviously, a successful guy right right down the road. Wouldn't surprise me if he got if Allen just gauged his interest. If I was Allen, I'd call him. And the other um, thing, the other thing, the thing about Rayburn that's interesting is you want to talk about like whiplash. You're going from Frisco, where there's a million high schools, the, the polar opposite of the Allen model. To Al, exactly yeah. right. Yeah, uh-huh. it, and it would you know he would have to gauge whether or not because I keep coming back to this. Somebody's got to say yes to this job. It's yeah. it this when when Chad Morris got hired 
Allen was the most attractive job in Texas high school football. I, I don't think it's the most attractive job in this cycle. No, not right now. I can think of two or three other jobs mm-hmm. that were more attractive than Allen. Right now, yeah. Just because of, just because of the circumstances surrounding it. A couple other names I think that might get thrown out, obviously, with the connections is Jeff Fleener at Forney, mm-hmm. um, being you know, a long-time offensive co- – Kyler Murray's offensive coordinator when he was at Allen. Um, that's a name that's, that's probably going to get thrown around. Mm-hmm. And then I think Lee Wigginson at Midlothian Heritage is another name that probably will get thrown around because Lee Wigginson uh, has known ties to the superintendent there at Allen. And you always know that it's sometimes it's – you know who you know becomes a factor when these jobs uh, come open. So I, it wouldn't surprise me if they made a call to Lee Wigginson as well. So Now, the other sleeper name to watch out for, I think, mm-hmm. uh, is a guy out of state. Okay. And we're talking about Fayetteville High and Arkansas head coach Casey Dick. Allen, Allen fans will remember that name. Yes, Allen alum, Arkansas quarterback, Teammate of Marcus Shavers, by the way, mm-hmm. um, and has been a successful head coach there in Arkansas at Fayetteville. Fayette, I don't know classification. Fayette, I mean, I'm sure Fayetteville is a decent sized high school in Arkansas. It's it's a college town. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it's it, it's probably either six A or seven A. They were state runner ups in 2021. And we know that Allen has a penchant for Arkansas coaches. They do. <laughs> um, Boy, by the way, man, dude, what, are the Arkansas people ever going to let it go? On so- no. I don't I don't think they're ever going to let it go. No, dude, like, and it's 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 vicious. They, it's, yeah. it's beyond like, oh, he wasn't a good football coach. They are, they are like the worst coach in the. <laughs> you were, you were a bad football coach, and we hope that you experience physical pain. Yeah, like, it's, man, it's amazing. The gotta, venom that the Arkansas fans have for Chad Morris. It's, it's got to chill, amazing. man. Yeah, it's not worth it. I don't think that it's college football, man. This is this is me, and I'll I'll just speak from my own personal as we round out this conversation. Um, I like Chad Morris. I think he's a nice guy. He's always been nice to us. Always been good to me. He's always been good to Dave Campbell's mm-hmm. Texas football. Um, he's a legendary high. No, he, no he one, is. No matter how terrible he is at the college level, no one will ever be able to take away his legendary status as a Texas high school coach. I'm gonna look up his. his I'm gonna look up his record right. Hey, Chad, now. Uh, number one, take away the state championships at Lake Travis. Chad Morris went 11 and one at Eustis. Dude, he posted an 11 and one record at freaking Eustis. He is 178 and 43 yeah. as a head coach with two state titles. With three. They won three, three Lake Travis. Well, no, he's got three titles overall because he won two of Lake Travis. He won, he won, a Bay won City. Bay City. Yeah, and he took Elysian Fields to a state mm-hmm. title game, I believe, and then he mm-hmm. went, like, took Stephenville to multi, like, mm-hmm. you know, multiple deep playoff runs, and then, like I said, he went eleven and one at Eustis. Mm-hmm. They, I'm just like I understand, like I don't know, college football does crazy things to people, and 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 I understand that there's going to be this notion that, and maybe he did get get promoted too fast, too 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 quickly. Maybe he did. But he, wasn't, he was good at SMU. Good at SMU. I think it's just, and then it just, you know, I maybe think just did. It was a it terrible fit at Arkansas. It didn't translate. Yeah. It didn't translate, and I think he'll be the first to admit it. But uh, the, the venom directed toward him, I think, is a little over the top. In my, it's you know, I get it at first. Opinion. You know, they're mad at you know. It's been you know, you, the Arkansas is happy with Sam Pittman. They've been good. They're, they're, yes. they're better. Like in, enjoy that. Like you know, I guess they're they're pissed off. They're still paying them. But hey, you know, it's the contract you guys signed. So whatever. Anyway, so there's some Allen talk, a little bit of Allen talk. Um, okay, a couple of other coaching changes that have kind of to, to round up. Actually, you know what? We're going to skip that. There, there were a couple we talked about on TexasFootball.com. The only yeah. the only one that was, I thought was really inter- – no, they're all interesting, I should be clear. Uh, I'm, I'm happy for Casey Walraven. Casey Walraven gets to go, gets, home. Gets to go home to Alvarado. Uh, he, um, I thought that he 
uh, was installing something pretty good there at Cleburne. Um, the, it maybe didn't show up in the win column, but I think that, that that's a tough job. It is. And I think he did a pretty good job you there. You know Casey Walraven's buddies with? It was our buddy? Oh, uh, Matt Wilson. Yeah. Our buddy Matt our Wilson. Buddies, yeah. That's right. Um, and then um, b- 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 Gainesville, Hi- hiring uh, Neil Searcy out yeah. of, uh, out of uh, Killeen. But I guess th- that connects. I was, like, I was like, what's going on? But I guess he's a, he's a Gainesville guy. Yeah, the Searcy name in Gainesville. So Gainesville, who, former head coach James Polk, who I'm buddies with, who's an Everman mm-hmm. alum. He Couple years older than me, is going to Weatherford mm-hmm. to be with Aubrey Sims, his buddy, uh, as an assistant. <clears throat> but yeah, the Searcy name in Gainesville is pretty legendary. Like, like there's been Searcy's running around, doing great things for Gainesville High School for a long time. So, talking to Neil Searcy back in the day, I, and we always he always talked about it'll be it'll be a dream come true to come home to Gainesville and coach. And so he got that chance and good for him and jumped on. So ha- happy for Coach Searcy. He had been clean. He had been clean for a little while. So happy for him. And that you know, Colleen's open now. So. So let's um, let's we're rounding out coaching change season. There'll be a couple here and there. Inevitably, there'll be one after the magazine goes to press, and it'll drive me nuts. But let's talk a little bit about let's hand out let's hand out some Steppy awards. All right, that's what we call our coaching change awards here uh, on Tep and Step. I just made that up. Um, Producing on the fly. Give me. Of the 200-whatever, how many were there, 200 and... I think right? we're a little over 200 A little now. over 200. Yeah, a little over 200. Of the 200-plus UIL 11-man Texas high school football coaching changes, what was the most surprising to you? Uh, Rodney Webb leaving Denton Geyer. N- not, Geyer not hiring Reed Heim, but Rodney Webb leaving Geyer. Okay. I thought... Reed, one, Reed Heim makes a lot of sense, by the way. Makes Geyer, a lot of yeah. sense, yeah. Number one, I thought Rodney Webb would see Jackson Arnold through. Yeah, that is a little surprising. Yeah, and then also I'm blowing up Coach Webb's spot here. I uh, two day so that happened that broke on a Monday morning. I remember mm-hmm. I called. I started hearing about that the week before. I called Coach Webb on Thursday and asked him about it. He told me it was that he, he had not talked to Highland Park, other than an initial conversation. And coach, yeah, coach, why you do me like that? I, th- I thought we were better than that. Between, Clearly. Between that and the oatmeal raisin thing. Yeah, just come on. So that's, that. I was surprised when I heard Monday morning that he – because I, we had talked, and I didn't think there was anything to it. So coach led me astray there. <sighs> I get it, but I thought I thought we were better than that, Coach Webb. I'm disappointed. That's so that's that's the one. And, you know, but all, all that aside, I thought he would see Jackson Arnold. Through. I thought, that, that's I thought he would wait – you know, I didn't think he was a long-term fit at Geyer, but I thought he would wait until Jackson Arnold graduated. All right. Most underrated, most under the radar hire, the one that we just spent 30 minutes talking about, Allen, on that is firmly hires. on the radar. That is the entire radar. What's mm-hmm. the one that's flying under people's radar that they know about? Watch out for Mount Pleasant this year. I think Ooh. Joe Cluley has got Joe Cluley from Lubbock Estacado took over at Mount Pleasant. I, I've talked to some coaches out in East Texas, and they really think that Mount Pleasant and Coach Cluley, the energy that he's brought, and the, the talent that's coming back and it's, that they brought out, Mount Pleasant could be a real sleeper. So I think Joe Cluley, if he, if he does I think that's a potential underrated coaching hire there from Mount Pleasant. Finally, in the non-Tony Salazar category. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> I had Tony Salazar which, question mark. Which I was like, Tepper's going to shoot that down. Give me, that's, I mean, can I say Tyler Beatty from China, China Spring? You can. Which, which <laughs> new coach has the best chance to succeed immediately? I'll give you Bo Helm at Childers. Yeah, Childress is loaded coming back. They're, they mm-hmm. got a lot back. I mm-hmm. think they're 
def- defensive coordinator gets promoted, Childress is going to be really good again next year. I think Bo Helm's got a chance to be. I mean, because like Tyler Beatty is obvious. Yeah, they, they want China Spring won a state championship. Tony Salazar, obviously. I, I I'll go with Bo Helm. I did. I this is so you, you mentioned China Spring and what sprung to mind is like oh they're going to they're going to go play Stephenville within their own district of course. Um, I was at the Texas High School Football Hall of Fame induction ceremony a couple weeks ago. And, it's a flex. Um, yeah. And um, so they one of the things they do is that they honor all the state champions, mm-hmm. all the UIL mm-hmm. state champions. They get to go up there. They get they get like a little plaque and stuff. They get honored by the Hall of Fame. Um, so they're all there. Saw a number of them. And then, um, b- but two of the guys I saw who were kind of wandering through, them and their lovely wives, were uh, Ray Biles from Lorena. And he was walking and talking with Mike. Oh, my gosh. I was about to say Joe Hedrick at Franklin. Mark Fannin at Franklin. And I went up to them, and it didn't dawn on me until, like, we were halfway through our conversation. I was like, wait a second. You guys are going to play each other. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you, guys, you guys have a lot to talk about here. Same district. Same district, yeah. I was like, you guys have a lot to talk about here. Um, but, yes, it was, it was good to see them. And, and yeah, that's I, – I, I have not quite um, – the UIL realignment has not quite soaked into my brain. It doesn't really soak in fully until the, the schedules really yeah. start, I, I, which I'm, I'm starting to help our, our good buddy Jerry Forrest mm-hmm. gather schedules. But once – Usually I dig into that once 7-on-7 seven seven wraps up. I kind of start to dig into the schedule a little bit more in depth. So let's now talk a little bit about a uh, – you want to talk about fight you got in on Twitter? Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, one of the many Twitter fights One of the many into? Twitter fights that you got in. So – and we won't, we won't name names. Uh, but there was, there was a conversation that got sparked yesterday about – It was Saturday. Saturday, Saturday night. Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. I was still in Canada. About 7-on-7. Seven yeah, about state seven on seven, seven on seven because seven on seven is coming is coming. By the way, there's it's already it started. It's already going. Yeah. SQTs are going. Yeah, this this Saturday is the first like there is big like big big week. Ten qualifiers yeah. going. Yeah, because yeah, there was there was one super duper early and there were like another couple and it's like yeah, and yeah. last week there was, last week was kind of ramping up. It was yeah. like five. Qual- this week is the it from is. here now on out every week's chock full up SQT season. And essentially, this was a coach who was saying, who was asking why we. I don't even know what word to use, but glorify or why don't we endorse seven? Endorse, Easy endorse words, which I endorse seven on seven. Seven on seven. I do. Um, and his argument was that it is so unlike uh, eleven eleven on eleven on eleven mm-hmm. big boy football uh, that it just like that you can't get anything out of it. And and it, for he brought up the four second clock mm-hmm. that no no quarterback is going to be able to sit back there in a clean pocket for four seconds. And let me start by saying this. I agree. Mm, he's right. You're not going to have – no quarterback is going to have four seconds to sit back there. I'd like to, I'd like to see this, that rule change to three seconds personally. I think that would be – I think that would do a lot of good. What I worry about with doing that is that I think you're gonna, you would see more, more of the junk offenses then. And mm-hmm. it, would, it would maybe get you away from the people who are going out there and trying to run – Run their, run uh, their run, stuff. Run their exact yeah. offenses. Um, but essentially, you know, I got – I, 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 somebody, somebody, a buddy of mine flagged me on it, and, and, and about this conversation, and and essentially, I don't think anybody's out here, especially you. You are you are among the biggest advocates of seven on seven mm-hmm. out there. You're a big seven on seven guy. Yeah, and you have school seven on seven. Yeah, school sure. seven on yeah, seven. Yeah. You have you have drawn me into becoming more of a seven on seven guy. Mm-hmm. I am of the opinion, and let's see if you can try this on for size. I don't think anybody's claiming that seven on seven 
is the most important thing. But I coaches that I talk to, they say that like the positives far outweigh the negatives. Yes, exactly. And and specifically the positives being you just get your quarterback and your receivers out there and let's also not forget the other side of the ball, which I think is where you can really see some some positive things as far as defense is working as a unit. Mm-hmm. Um I I have I have come to appreciate seven on seven for the things uh, for for going in and digging deeper into it. I think if you go out there and the only thing that you're doing for seven on seven is seeing who won, you're missing the point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What you want to do is go out there and get some eyes on kids. Yep, go you out get there, eyes on kids, get eyes on quarterbacks, guys on teams. You know, I think in, 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 so you, you get seven on seven. You get out of it what you put into it. So if you're if you go out there and you are going to run a junk offense where you're running three-yard crossers where there would be defensive linemen in real football, yeah. then you're really not going to get a ton out of it except for maybe some conditioning, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Because you are not you can't run that on Friday night. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you go out there and you, you – know, Jeff Reardon taught, taught him at Chapel Hill, you know, you know he, he they their quarterback calls their offense in seven-on-seven seven in the first game last week. They they got their butts kicked because yeah. the quarterback struggled. But then the next two games, they, they rolled. And he's like, man, my sophomore quarterback figured it out. He figured yeah. it out, and he's like, "We got, we went two and one. We didn't qualify, but we had a great day. We got a lot mm-hmm. better because my sophomore quarterback grew up a lot yeah. in the passing game. So I, you know, because but, but we run our offense. We don't. We run our offense. We run our defense. This is what we. So you, they they get a lot out of it because they run what they run. So I think it's it's all about what you put into it. There's always one or two like. There always ends up being like one or two like wing offenses or slot offenses or something yeah. like that that go out there. But who was it? It was like Fall City. Fall City, Fall City was like and Franklin. Yeah, Fall City and Franklin. They go under center and they yeah. like they run their offense. And, and it's like we're running our passing. And guess batteries. what? Franklin and Fall City both went to state seven on seven last year mm-hmm. and one won a state championship. The other one was the runner up in real football. Yeah. So it helped them a lot. You yeah. know, Stratford, mm-hmm. first time ever. Coach Lover, remember we interviewed him at State mm-hmm. 7 last year, and he was like, you know, we felt like we needed to get better throwing the football if we wanted to win a state championship. They qualified for State 7-on-7 last year. Guess what happened in real football? Yeah. And it's not. And, and to be clear, it's not one-for-one. One. It's not one-to-one. No, one. But it, it helps. It, I think it helps, and I mm-hmm. think that especially in a time in the summer where there's not nothing going on, you have an opportunity to go out there and get some reps. You have an opportunity to get out there and just – I don't know. Have I'm, your kids bond a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I'm of the belief that like, like if you're going to play a team game, you need to be a team, and if you want to be a team, you got to spend time around your teammates. Yeah. and and that's 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 found hours that you can't that you can't get exactly. And else. Nate Gensler, the new head coach at Kermit, who by the way came from a option offense at Lubbock Roseville. Now I don't think Kermit's going to run that. I think Gensler is going to run more of a, a wide open spread offense. But he 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 said it pretty good. Like, anytime you can get the ball in some kids' hands and they can be together as a team, it's a benefit. Yeah. So I guess like yes, no one's saying seven on seven replaces real football or or it's a it's it's you know better than real football or anything like that. It's it's a helpful tool mm-hmm. if utilized correctly in the summer. And from a media perspective, we cover football. Mm-hmm. It gives it's May and June are really slow times yeah. for us. It, it's see oh, this podcast. Yes, there's content to be had out there, and get ready for TFT the next few weeks. There'll be some dumb seven on seven interviews on me and coaches because it's content to get. Let me tell you who else loves these loves seven on seven. The other people, other people love seven on seven are the recruit guys. They love to go out there and get their eyes on quarterbacks and receivers, receivers and DBs. And DBs. Yeah. Go out there and just get some eyes on them and and just you know see. 
Plain and simple. See how they look on the hoof. You know what I mean? Like, like you know. Remember I, last year at State Seven Hundred Seven, we were watching Denton Geyer, and all the buzz was about Jackson Arnold yes. and how good he looked. Exactly right. The other one that I remember you know? was Midland Legacy. Midland Legacy was you had told me you're like, listen, you got to go see Midland Legacy. They look like a Metroplex team. Yeah. Sure enough, I got to see Quadzilla, McKaylin yeah. Young, Chris Brazel, and, 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 yeah, and all those dudes, and you're like. Geez, they look the part. And and that's not look, it's not a beauty contest, but at the same time, all of those things I think again They're data points for us. Right. My overall and and for us, one of the things that I like about seven on seven is all the coaches are there and they can't do anything. So that's where we get good intel mm-hmm. and we can just shoot the bull with them and say, What do you think? And that's when you get the good insight. Yeah. And and so there's just a lot of positives to it that I get it. And, and I understand that if you allow if you allow seven on seven to operate in a certain way with your athletes, it can be detrimental to their fundamentals. It can be if you are if you're saying, hey man, don't worry, this is the norm of you sitting back here with four seconds. Yeah, your quarterback's got poor footwork. You're running a bunch of two-yard crossing routes. You're you're playing defense with seven DBs right. out there. You know, you're running junk formations where you're quads yeah. and stuff like that. There's you know? a way to do it wrong, okay? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it's perfect. But what I'm saying is that it's a, it's a data point in a time where, and especially with high school football, where there's such turnover and there's such, like, there's so many unknowns heading into a season. We try our best. We have the most data of anybody in Texas high school football, and we never know what's going to happen. We'll but get a lot wrong. We'll get a lot wrong. And we'll admit it. But here's an opportunity for us to go out there and say, you know what? The Stratford coach is out here, and he thinks it's really going to help them. Boy, it sure looks like Cody Rennie knows how to sling it. Maybe that's that little data point mm-hmm. that allows us to better analyze the team going yeah. forward. As, I think it's for every program's got to evaluate it individually. Yeah. I think as long as the good outweighs the bad, I say do it and have fun. And with that being said, our next episode will be the 7-on-7 seven 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 State Preview. preview. Yeah, That's so. right. Um, I won't have to spend my birth. I should say half. Uh, I won't be spending my birthday in College Station this year because okay. the 25th is the last day and my birthday's my birthday's the next day. Because so. last year last year I just spent it with Pickle. Yeah, I know. Tough. Season. I'm sorry. Yeah, oh, we'll do th- this. This was yeah. we talked about it. This this is the last of the off because we got seven on seven show in mm-hmm. June. July is our, co- our live show from mm-hmm. coaching school. We're gonna figure out how to do that better, like and, bigger and dumber. And then August is preview shows. So mission accomplished. Hang the banner. We made we it. We did it. We'll, one, we'll, we'll wait till May. T- we'll wait till we send the magazine to press first. But. One more thing to get to. You are back from Canada. I am. You've spent months and months in the Great White North. First of all, is everybody fired up about the Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames? And well, no, we're we're closer to Toronto, so they were. Boy, there were some sad, sad Maple Leafs sad fans. Times. Oh, they were sad. Sad times. Um, yeah, over in Alberta, they're they're fired up about about. Oh that. yeah, that's the biggest thing that happened our, in Alberta in a long time. Our poor since stars the rat, since they eradicated rats. Our poor stars. Look it up. They eradicated the rat. <laughs> My question for you, Matthew, is. What did you what do you miss most? What when when you land in Texas and you breathe that sweet sweet mm-hmm. air of freedom? <laughs> what what is it that you go, "Yeah, I'm back in the land of mm. Whataburger." <laughs> That's where I went last night. Is that night the first for, stop? Uh, I went home first okay. and, and dropped off my suitcases and stuff and then I went to Whataburger. I was I, I was super on brand Texan last night. I got home, dropped my suitcases off. Went to Whataburger and then went grocery shopping at H E B. Man, 
So. You are living the dream. Yeah, I haven't had barbecue yet. So I'm, I'm, this is my off-season diet time now. Because I, I, I picked up a little bit too much weight when I was sick mm. because I mm-hmm. didn't do anything. And I was mm. my wife was just cooking me whatever the hell I want. All sure. my favorite things. Try- I'm sorry. No, no. I'm going to stand up for Mrs. Step. She was trying to heal you. Yeah, I mean, I almost died. Right. So I, you know, so I, I got clearance <laughs> to go back to the gym on April, March 15th. But I kind of took it easy the first two weeks. April 1st is kind of when I started hitting it hard. Fat so. on Friday back? Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, kind of watching what I eat during the week, but then the weekends I kind of let it let it fly a little bit. So, yeah. there might be a barbecue meal in my future. Um, my buddy um, was in town. Um, Max got baptized, and he was his um, uh, godfather. Flew in, and he took him to a place in Garland. There's a there's a Garland barbecue place that he. Meshacks. That's it. Yeah, he went there, and he said. Yeah. Pretty darn Meshack good. Is legit. Um, that one's so much pretty good. Uh, I need to go visit our buddy Heim. You do need to go see Travis. I need to go see. Tra- he's never there. Every time he's he's like a mogul now. He's like, I know he's like an he's ont- got three restaurants he's now. He's, entrepreneur. You know, like, yeah. He said something. There, he tweeted something today about how they got he got on at the Colonial. Yeah, they're yeah, gonna be serving awesome. at the Colonial. Like, awesome. dude. Okay, yeah. yeah. Leaving us. There, there will be multiple barbecue meals. So I'm here for six weeks. Yeah. Basically in Texas through State Seven. So I'll be out at. S- I'm going to SQTs Friday and Saturday this week. So you'll be back. No, I didn't. I only went to one SQT last. We'll year. I'll be back, back on your bullshit. Yeah, and then uh, <laughs> I'll go back to Canada after uh, seven on seven for about a month, and then I'll come back for coaching school for a week, and I'll go back to Canada for about another month, and then back for the season. Okay. Well, we're glad you're back. I am glad got to be back. Got a bunch of pages for you to read. Awesome. <laughs> it's that time of year. All right. We did it. We made it through the we made it through the we May episode. Yes, the May we went forty five minutes in yeah. May. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's great. Thank you, Alan. Thank you. <laughs> Can you just get rid we're of your coach s- every year in May send, and let us We're gonna send Chad Morris a cookie bouquet yeah. for getting us through the Friday the, the, the Rodney Webb can send him an oatmeal raisin cookie. The worst bouquet. the worst episode of the year. All right. That's gonna do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us and thanks for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider step. Thanks for your courage. Thank you. We'll see you next time for the seven on seven preview. Tepid stuff.